Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Omega Metroid Podcast. My name is Andy Spateria, joined, as always, by my pal Dakota Lasky. Dak, how are you doing today, bud? Oh, man, it has been a rough week for you, boy, but it is nice. I mean, now the weekend's almost over, so <laughs> I was going to say it's nice to have the weekend here, but it's, it's almost over. But it is, uh, we're going to talk some more Metroid and do some questions, and these, these kinds of episodes are always... Uh, some of my favorites, so definitely looking forward to this. Um, just watched the uh, the Chiefs throw <laughs> an entry into the Super Bowl and Bengals win just literally moments ago. So that was that was quite something. Any of my football fans out there, feel free to hit me up or in the Discord to talk about what an end to the game that was. Um, and other than that, uh, yeah, just been kind of you know finishing up the month um i don't know if you've ever heard of the show you ever heard of the youtube series or channel defunct land no okay so i don't don't watch like any youtube really so like i like uh, i like to find new like youtube series and stuff to watch so it's like it goes into like the history of like old amusement parks that like might be defunct now or like don't exist anymore or rides or things that never came to fruition or things that didn't go very well so like i watched a video about like the 1964 world fair about the original epcot like the city idea and not the actual amusement park it became uh i watched an hour and 40 minute video about the disney fast pass which was very very interesting and never thought i'd watch a uh an hour and 40 minute video about lines and and stuff like that but it was very very interesting um you know the the demolition of of uh, Six Flags Astro World, so I definitely highly recommend it. I, I love history stuff like that, and it's really interesting. So I've been I've been binging Defunct Land lately. So I highly recommend it to anyone who has an interest in history or amusement parks or a combination of the two. There you go. You know what? Sometimes I take that back. Sometimes I will watch a video, but I I don't know I don't know the channel, but uh, it's it's this guy and he's got this like British accent. He's got a great voice, and he just that profiles. Sums it down. Histo- yeah, I know. He basically like profiles historical figures, and like sometimes mm-hmm. I'll, I'll watch that as I'm eating dinner or whatever. Since like, yeah, you know, I'll be sh- I'll be shoveling food in my mouth, so I can't talk. But uh, you know, I'll, I'll watch. He does like like Vlad the Impaler or like JFK, oh, cool. just stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it's my cool. my favorite series. Before we move on, is uh, anything from Le- Red Letter Media, uh, Best of the Worst. I absolutely love that. So anyone who knows about that, you're pretty awesome because that's my favorite YouTube channel out there um, amongst others. I, so, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I will say, like, I, I watch, like, zero YouTube. That's just, it's just not really my deal. Um, but that's okay. I don't, I don't have to. You know what else I don't watch, uh, Dak? It's football. Maybe, like, this is going to sound like ultra Canadian of me. I just, like, I hate watching football. I, I can't stand watching football. And, and baseball, too, for that matter. Like, any sport where it's, like, stop, start, stop, start, stop, start. It, it's just, it loses me really quickly. And, you know, obviously my game is hockey. Like, I love watching hockey, which sometimes can be a little bit stop, start. But generally speaking, you have, like, flowing action and back and forth and stuff like that. That's why I like watching hockey or basketball or lacrosse, stuff like that. So every year around this time, people are like, oh, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. And yeah, I just like, I, it just like totally isn't even a thing for me. Cause I, I think I can count on, I won't say one hand, but two hands. I bet you the amount of NFL games that I've watched in my life. It's just, it ain't, it ain't my thing. 
I, I like I like both. I mean, yeah, I like the continuous action of, of hockey and basketball for sure. But I also like the, the ebb and flow of a good game of football. Baseball, I think, is, is super boring to watch. Um, baseball yeah. is only good to go to in person so you can turn to your friends and chat with them while a baseball game is going on. Um, but I, I mean, I do like the stop and go nature cause you have high amounts of intensity and like intensity and action. And then you kind of get the in between where you can take a break and kind of break it down or, or do something else or kind of understand the strategy of what's going on. I mean, it's the same reason why I enjoy watching like competitive halo, which is, you know, consistent action and, or like, uh, competitive smash, it's like consistent action without much breaks. But like what I really love watching is like a good game of counter-strike where you have like rounds that, you know, start and end and you have, you know, high moments of action and then the strategy that goes into those and then, uh, you know, the breakdown and the, the ebb and flow of that in between. So I think there's, yeah. you know, highlights and good stuff to both. And I mean, I've, I was like football growing up. I was grew up as a Giants fan. I'm now more so a Jets fan because a friend of mine has season tickets. So we like to go and watch the, the Jets lose. But, uh, you know, I always like a game, good game of football. Uh, I'll put over uh, even Canadian. I'm going to sound even more Canadian here, but um, if I'm going to watch football, I I like watching the CFL more than the NFL. And CFL is the Canadian Football League, and the difference being that there's only three downs in the Canadian Football League, so like you see a lot more throws than you do running plays, which I I find a little bit more exciting. Mm-hmm. But e- even CFL, I like. I think you're right. Like the strategy that that goes into executing a play is like pretty awesome but i think a lot of that is lost on me so i just uh you know i like a little bit more free flowing kind of uh kind of action in my sports speaking of by the way i, I promise we're going to talk some metroid here in a second but so my favorite wrestling event of the year is the royal rumble oh my god man i think i think this was uh this is this is one of the worst royal rumble pay-per-views yeah. and royal rumble this matches was, i think this ever. is just an absolute stinker like yeah it was really rough. it was a stinker the best match was the was the opening one which yep. is what i missed yep. so i i watched the women's rumble and i was just like this is like just boring like nothing nothing was happening no stories kind of being told nothing was further no developments and they they kind of did that for the men's one too where it was like no, nobody popped for anybody's entrance theme because like nobody knows who anybody. Oh my god! Theme. Every time, I mean, this is no offense to the women to the women in the Royal Rumble, but like I don't know any of their themes except like you know Charlotte Flair or like even the Becky. men. I didn't know any no, of the, the men. The, that, the men, the guy I know. looked like Freddie Mercury came out, and I was like, "Who is this?" Well, yeah, but I knew more of their themes than like so many of the women that came. Out, I'm like, I don't know who this is, <laughs> but also they. Ha- I, I don't even think. I think a majority of the people that were in the Women's Royal Rumble were quote unquote legends and not active wrestlers, which is another reason why I didn't really know who they were. Cause I was like, I don't, I mean, I did pop for the right to censor theme. Not going to lie. I thought that was great. That was um, great. Yeah. That, that really popped me. And I know you're not a big fan of Lita. I thought Lita coming back was cool. I didn't, she was never the best technical wrestler, but I was like, Hey, it's Lita. That's cool. I know who that is. Um, yeah. A, a quick, quick review. Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins. Solid match. Ending was crap. Uh, Women's Royal Rumble could take it or leave it. it wasn't I mean I oh, thought Ronda no, Rousey it, it was bad. It was I thought, it was bad. when they uh, yeah. eliminated Sasha like and I don't oh really that like was Sasha so Banks, bad. But that was bad like that. Yeah. The rest of the match after that was just like just dragged. Um, really dragged. Yeah, that was pretty rough. I thought Becky Lynch versus Dewdrop that didn't really do anything for me. And why is this? What's her I, name? Still I thought Dewdrop. That was the best one on the show, which was hilarious because like the. 
the arena was on fire during this. It was match literally or on fire. Yeah. The, yeah. The sign, the pyro, like they had to evacuate the the area underneath the sign, and to bring it down and put out the fire and extinguish it and then raise it back up. Um, and you and I talked the Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley match was kind of meh, especially the ending was so bad. Uh, I hate. I I I hate. When someone goes over because someone else interfered and they were like, I'm the new champion. I'm so good. I'm like, you only won because some other dude came out. It's like when no, RVD that beat. That be effective, but it wasn't I effective I, in, this, I never in this think, setting. I never think it's effective. Like, one of my least favorite endings to a match is, and in, in a favorite match of mine is uh, the one-night stand match, RVD versus Cena, where RVD beats Cena. But the only reason he beats Cena is because Edge comes out and and spears him or whatever. So I'm like, ah, like he should be able to just beat him on his own. I hate when someone else comes in and helps him out, and they're like, oh, I still won. I'm the best. I'm like, no, you're not. You, it was a two v one at the end, and that's the only reason you won. So that was kind of lame. Uh, the the multi or the what was it? The mixed tag match. That was that was rough. You know what? For what <laughs> it was, that was better than I thought it was gonna be. And and I'll yes, just say that I agree. Um, and then yeah, the men's Royal Rumble match was. Probably oh. one of probably one of the worst. Uh, I feel bad for Kofi. His spot was a big botch, and you could tell they had something planned for that. Um, I did like Johnny Knoxville showing up and taking a bump. That was always good to see him. You know what? Bad Bunny, <laughs> dude. Bad it, Bunny. Yeah. This guy is better than like half the roster, which is absolutely crazy. That was actually, I think, a cool surprise because I did not expect yeah. that. Uh, as much as I, I, I think that was the highlight of the men's rumble was Bad Bunny doing his thing. And yeah. like seeing Shane McMahon is cool, but then like he, <laughs> I always pop for Shane like, McMahon. I, like, yeah. I pop for him the first time I see him, but then he shows up and like hangs in there with all the like the good thing about Shane McMahon back in the day was like he would just get beat up by all these like real wrestlers, and now like he that doesn't happen. He just like legitimately wrestles them, and it's like, dude, you're yeah, I agree. You're not a wrestler. Yeah, you know? I I think one of the appeals of him in the in the old like when he was originally his original run or whatever it is back in the early 2000s was that yeah he could barely keep up but he would have to do some crazy spot to like keep up or he'd have the mean street posse yeah his, he had like he really bidding. put his body on the line to like yeah. make up for the fact that he's not a wrestler and now he just like does his like a rope dope punches and, and i'm like dude <laughs> this is not like give me the coast to coast otherwise i don't care i i um, think that this was yeah. definitely a bottom 10 maybe a bottom five rumble like it was bad yeah it was it was bad uh of course brock lesnar comes out i'm like oh we know who's winning yeah especially because you lost earlier, and indeed that happens. Uh, yeah, all in all, a pretty forgettable pay-per-view, which is a shame because that's usually my favorite one of the year. I always like watching the Rumble, so... Yeah, uh, me too. You know, is what it is, I guess. Too bad, but uh, let's let's move away from the sports talk. Let's get to some Metroid talk here because um, we have a ton, a ton of questions that were left over from last week's Q&A that we did not have time to get to. I don't even, we spent so long talking about uh, sports today. I don't even know if we're going to have time to get to them all today, but we're going to do our absolute best. So <laughs> I was going to say, just, there's yeah. there's even there's even more I could talk. You know, the Halo TV show trailer well, just dropped. Like, there's a lot. You know what we should talk about, too, just very quickly? Oh, yeah. Yes. Is uh, the Retro Studios hires. And, you know, the old joke, Retro Studios is hiring a new janitor, um, you know, resurfaced this week. But Retro Studios hiring some tools engineers and... And uh, I believe uh, storyboard or something like, no, it was, something uh, like that. It was a uh, a tools engineer and a technology uh, technologies engineer. Uh, the tweet said, "Yeah, tools engineer and technology engineer to help 
join us on our journey to develop Metroid Prime 4. So, I mean, I'm going to be honest. Right. I feel like it's been a while since we got uh, something about retro hiring someone. Last time they tweeted something agree, out was actually, yeah. end of or mid-December of 2020, over a year ago. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a classic thing of retro saying they're hiring someone. We're looking for people and everyone's like, oh, my God, this game's never going to come out because they have no idea how the world works. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pretty confident that we're going to be seeing some Prime 4 in the relatively near future. And from what it looks like, it seems like they're looking to hopefully get the game done soon. But I'm no expert and there are certainly more informative people or more informed people out there than I. But uh, I, I would say that them hiring these positions or even in general would seems like a good thing and i'm glad that they're you know taking their time and hopefully the game is uh awesome as a result yeah so we just passed the three-year anniversary of the development yes. restarting so a bunch of people when they saw that retro was hiring excuse me for these positions were just like ah oh, this game is never coming out uh everybody relax i mean development literally restarted three years ago with a three-year turnaround time because yep. it's not feasible for a triple a game so I'm, I'm sure that we'll get something soon and uh, we do have that to look forward to on Can't the horizon. Wait. Can't so, wait. But right now, we've got some questions to look forward to. So we better... Yes. Uh, we better <laughs> now we've got 14 minutes into the show. Yeah. Uh, we should start talking about some Metroid. All right. Let's let's do it. So Cap, our boy Cap, asks, Regardless of whether or not the presence of live Chozo was presented as a big enough deal, it was a new development for the series. Is it time for the Chozo to step out of the shadows and be an ongoing presence, or should they retreat back into obscurity and only appear for impactful moments? Will we grab our upgrades in Metroid 6 from Chozo or Chozo statues? Uh, so we covered this a little bit. I was going to say, I thought week, we answered this. <laughs> we answered this so already. <laughs> I think that you probably will grab items from Chozo statues, because I, I don't know, like, why wouldn't you? That's just, it feels like a natural thing to me. Um, I, I think that you'll probably see chozo maybe step back a little bit and not be the focus in the next game like metroid dread but i i don't think it's going to go back to being like this fabled species of beings mm -hmm. uh, i i could see learning about the chozo learning what happened to the Chozo. like I, I think that that now that the uh the box has been opened a little bit where you saw live chozo and you and you saw and you learned about some of the different tribes of chozo i i think that we can learn a little bit more about what happened to them where they are if there are any more in the world. Um, hmm. So while I, I don't think that there'll be a focus, I, I think that, yeah, it, there'll be a little bit more of a spotlight um, shined upon them. I'm not entirely sure, actually. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see the Chozo at all. Or or at the very least, I mean, I could definitely see us not getting items from Chozo statues. That's something that is a, kind of a detail that could make sense being changed when you start, you know, put Samus in a whole new story arc with different characters and different places. Maybe that Chozo have never even been before, which I think might be interesting. Uh, I don't know. I mean, we talked about this in the last episode where like, you know, now the kind of, it's a double-edged sword where like you kind of have to eventually bring the Chozo to the forefront. But then once you do the, the mystique of their, you know, species and all that's kind of lost. And now it's like, okay, well, do they maintain that kind of active role in the story or do you, kind of push them back into a role they were in previously. And I think there's a middle ground you can find there, but it's certainly a hard one to balance. And I'm not sure, like, do I need major Chozo characters being, like, the villains again? Like, not necessarily. I could maybe see some Chozo characters being involved in the story, but I, I, I truly don't know. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if they completely do something entirely new, kind of more so along the lines of Fusion, where, like, they introduce completely new 
characters and species and, and worlds and all of that where we don't see the Chozo at all. Uh, but I don't know. It depends on how much they wait, like, the Chozo appearing in Dread, like, because it was such a big part of the end of a current story arc. Are they going to kind of mm. leave the Chozo as we've met them now in Dread to that arc? Or are they going to now incorporate them more fully now that they've been more established? Not really sure. Um, I, I'm not against it either way. Uh, but I will say that I wouldn't be surprised if, like, the smaller details, like getting items from a Chozo statue changes, maybe. Yeah, I could see that. And I do think that there is, like, there does come a time where, like, you build up a mystique and, and you do need to peel back the layers. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't, uh, I don't, you know, think it was a bad thing that Metro Dread did no, that. No, definitely not. It, it is hard to put that back afterwards. So, yeah, yeah, yeah we'll see. Um, Spirefan asks, and of course our boys talked about Metroid Prime Hunters. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, it's never been said, but who do the podcast hosts main? Even if you hardly played, imagine you were asked to enter an event for charity. Who are you playing? Okay, Dak, who is like the Meta Knight of <laughs> Who is of the this? Meta Knight? Like, who's, who's the cheap character that you can just be really good at, even when you're not very good? Uh... I mean, I always thought that Trace was pretty cheap because his, like, affinity weapon gives him invisibility and whatnot. He has a sniper that can one-shot. So, like, I was a Trace main back in the day. I've always, you know, liked sniping in FPS games, so I uh, played Trace. But, like, I remember, uh, you know, you had the, you know, particular glitches that were involved in in Hunters. So you had, like, the ground freeze glitch, which was maybe a bit more technical than, like, Meta Knight, who just anyone can kind of pick them up and, and use them. Uh, but like Noxus had that. I feel like, I don't know if there was like, uh, look, I'll be honest. I'm not someone who is super, super well-versed in like high level hunters. So I'm sure Spire fan would probably be the best <laughs> person to answer this. And I'm sure he will answer this on the discord once he's heard this discussion. Um, I always felt like just trace. I mean, Silux is also really annoying, but I don't know if he was like cheap, annoying or just annoying, annoying. I feel like, uh, I feel like I would go with probably Noxus uh or trace personally though i picked trace or samus from my from what i remember uh samus's missiles had like a homing effect to them when you mm. use them so like other characters use missiles they didn't have that effect but samus's did and that was kind of her like affinity thing if i remember correctly so uh correctly so i used trace and samus those were my picks i'd probably end up going with trace ultimately just because he's really good Probably the best character of the game as far as I know, and Sniper. So, I mean, can't go wrong with that in a, an arena first-person shooter. So, that, that'd be my pick. Uh, yeah, I, I would just pick whoever is, like, the cheapest. But I, I will say <laughs> that... For Charity Man? Like, Come on. Well, even, like, even in Smash, <laughs> even in, um, like, Mario Kart... Like, obviously, I'm not a big competitive game kind of guy, right? But in, in all of those games, like in Smash, like, when I was younger... I used to play as Marth a lot and that, that would have been my main, but now mm. that like I, I'm older and I just, I don't really care about winning, losing, whatever. I, I just like my main is random. Like I just, I want to play, you know, there's, there's 80 plus characters in smash bros and I don't want to play just one or two of them. Like, you know what I mean? Like I want to play as, mm -hmm. as all of them. So uh, I don't, I don't really, you know, I don't really do the whole main thing anymore. My advice is always pick a top tier. Why work harder? We can work smarter. Uh, you know, obviously everyone knows I'm a huge Ridley fan and I've been using Ridley and ultimate for a few years now, but I've recently picked up Pokemon trainer. I did use Pokemon trainer a little bit back in brawl, but I mean, PT is really good and ultimate. 
much better than Pokemon Trainer was back in the Brawl days, who was kind of like a lower mid-tier, high low-tier character. Nowadays, Pokemon Trainer is very much a, a higher tier, not top tier, but higher tier character, and can certainly be solo mained. A very good character. Um, I don't really do random, just because there are so many different characters and styles that, like, I hate picking a character that's just not fun to use or I don't have fun with. And I like mastering a character, or at least attempting to, or pretending like I'm attempting to. So that's kind of the appeal for me. And Ridley's kind of kind of sucks, so <laughs> I want to use a character that doesn't suck. But, uh, yeah, I'm always, you know, pick a top tier. Uh, yeah, that, that's fair. And it obviously depends on your context. When I'm just messing around on, on my yeah, couch, if you're just you know, Yeah, exactly. You're just messing around, who cares, yeah. Um, Metroid 35 has a cool question. What kind of merchandise would you like to see come with Prime 4 or continue with Dread? I would personally love to have a Figma of the Dread power suit and an official Metroid plushie as well as some pins. So, all that sounds good to me, except for pins. I don't get it, like... I, I don't know. Pins just aren't my thing. Like, what do you put them on? Your jacket? Like your, put them your on bag? your backpack. I, I like putting pins in my backpack. Or, I guess, yeah. like, like, I don't have Different a backpack, bags. you know, so... Well, um, we're, I, we're I getting we're getting older out here, so we don't really carry around backpacks anymore. You put them on your suitcase or something. Like your, even uh, your fanny even pack. back in the day, I, my backpack didn't have no pins. You know, there were no, there yeah. were no pins on that thing. I was never really a big pin guy either, but over the years, I started. I don't know. I wouldn't say I go out of my way to get them. I, to be honest, I, I'm kind of growing out of like the collecting merchandise phase of my life, where like I just. I don't want to have all this stuff lying around, <laughs> all this like junk, not junk, but like all this just stuff lying sure. around, you know? Um, well, see, so, I, I love collecting uh, stuff like for Metroid, for Zelda. Yeah. I have like a huge Metroid and Zelda collection or in doom has like this. I know. This shrine that I'm he sure he's like shriveling night. up hearing what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah I don't, I, cause I'm not trying to knock any of that. And to be honest, I have I, a bunch no, of, no, me neither. I have a, I, yeah. I have too many, I, for me, it's mostly like I have too much, too many knickknacks, you know? to yeah. like I'm, I'm looking around i've got you know my halo stuff all lying around but i've been really into like collecting like um game like box arts and like framing them on my walls like i have a framed donkey kong 64 box art in front of me i have odst i have majora's mask i have destiny 2 beyond light i have halo 3 and i have metroid samus returns and i have them framed like they were like movie posters i've been really into that recently and i and i like that because it doesn't take up like space in my room but it looks really cool um and that's kind of where i'm at with like pins as well as i'm always down for pins because they don't take up space really i can put them on something they're very small uh you know footprint wise and so that right. I, I would be down for that of all the things actually you know a cool like enamel kind of stuff uh, really I, I didn't mean to, me. to, to crusade against pins. Like, pins would be fine. For me, um, I would love more Metroid puzzles. There's a Super Metroid Ooh. puzzle, which I want to get my hands on. But uh, I just, I like doing puzzles. Like, it's a fun activity, and then you can frame them after they look cool on your wall. Yeah. Um, and, and just, like, little... Like, actually, there's there's a fair amount of, like, World of Nintendo figurines. Like, there's yeah. Samus Gravity Suit, Dark Suit. Um, but, like, I, I want more of that just not of samus like i, I, I agree I think it'd be cool to have like Kraid or to mm -hmm. have silex or to have you know what i mean like those kind of things where it's like yeah if you browse etsy you can see like a ton of cool stuff yes. like there's um like super missiles and there's mother brain thing like give me yeah. some of that stuff you know i agree and i and i kind of wish there was more metroid apparel that was a bit more subtle 
Like, I don't really want to walk around, like, with shirts that's just like, Metroid Dread in big letters. I don't know. Like, give me something a little more subtle. I'm kind of down for I, that. I think the official, yeah, the official stuff doesn't look very good. <laughs> the official it's stuff either, is very gamery to me. It's not subtle at all, or it's too subtle, because you have that orange hoodie in New York that has, like, the, I think, like, on the very bottom, it has, like, the Samus Sprite. And other than that, it's just, yeah. like, an orange t-shirt or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Not really down for that. But there's a lot of cool stuff they could do, and I hope, I hope they, they kind of try to license out some more stuff because it's just yeah. it's, for people who want that they're totally down for it and that's cool to me yeah give me a chorizo figure like come on mm-hmm. um quaid has an awesome question it's a two-parter which prime only ability would you like to see show up in a 2d metroid i have mm-hmm. an easy answer for this scanning okay. yes I, yes scanning should should a hundred percent be a part of 2d metroid um i, I don't know if you would like if you could just uh, actually have like a scan visor or maybe it's an item or like whatever, something, even if it's just a collectible that, that gives you information in the same vein as scanning something in the prime series uh, that, that has to, it has to come to the next 2d Metroid. Cause like, yeah, there comes a point where it's just like, all right, I don't really care about this. Like, you know, missile expansion number 73. I, I just want to, like know a little bit more about ZDR yeah. or about the BSL or whatever, right? That That's 100% where I am. Because you know me, I'm not like a super hard completionist. So like it doesn't speak to me like, oh, I got to get every missile expansion. But I really love collecting lore. And that kind of motivates me to, to go around. And of course, uh, Prime 2D, Rip Prime 2D. I think they perfected the scanning system in that little little game there, that little demo. It would like this would work so well. And to kind of jump off that point, what I would love to see is just more just incorporate visors in general, right? Like it'd be really cool to play a 2D Metroid where you could change different visors in the game that allows you to like maybe see a room differently. You give yourself an X-ray visor, whatever it is, and you can kind of approach rooms differently. And they, I'm sure they could come up with so many cool different puzzles and and new ways to approach a room or traverse the map by being able to change like what you can see in a room depending on what visor you have and that kind of jumps off the scan visor too but there's so many different ways they could they could incorporate that and and that's one of the big highlights of the prime series themselves along with scanning but all the different visors you can get so i'd be totally down to see that in a 2d game yeah totally um all right and so the flip side of that which 2d only ability would you like to see show up in prime 4 um i feel like you got an answer to that one already yeah I mean, it sounds cliche. I feel like we talked about it a ton before, but like they, they got to find a way to get the speed booster and the shine spark into prime yeah. four. Um, and uh, our buddy Spire actually had a, a pretty cool idea for how this could work. I don't know if any of you guys out there have played uh, Majora's mask, but Which when you you're should. a Goron, you, you roll and after a while you start to build up speed. And I mean, you know, abracadabra, that's, that feels like a pretty decent way of how you could do, a speed booster in uh, in Metroid Prime 4. And actually, for all of its faults, I think that Other M did the speed booster in Shine Spark pretty decently. Yeah, so I agree. That's I, a blueprint as well. I really don't think it would be that hard to implement, like, especially if they add, like, a run button. You just hit the run button after a certain amount of time. You kind of go into three uh, third person, and you have that camera view. I think that would totally work. I really, I, I honestly even think it could work in first person, but, and we discussed this on it the Discord. Could. You just might get dizzy. You might get dizzy. I, I mentioned this on Twitter and, and on, on Discord, but like one of my favorite things about Destiny is when you get hit by like a big physics blast or something and you just like fly super high speed in the air, but it's, you stay in first person. You can feel that speed just by like how things are moving past your, your frame of view and your perspective. But in a game that already takes you out of fir- uh, first person to go into third person for like the Morph Ball, for example, 
I think it would make sense to pull back to that camera view as well for like a speed booster or shine spark. And I don't think it would really be that super hard to implement. I think it more so comes down to like level design and allowing for that to, to work, right? Like it, it does really change how you build the levels and design of the game. So I think it could definitely happen. 100% think that's what we would need to see. And I don't really think there's something in like 2D Metroids that like is a higher priority than that, I think. Like that's something that really needs to happen. I mean, pretty much everything else is already over there, right? That's like, that's true. I mean, unless you count like the melee counter or whatever, yeah. Or the um, da- well, like you have like the 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 dash now, right? Like you have the flash shift. Like that could that could be something true. that could work into you know a prime game as well, which would be really hype. I don't know if they would do that, but I'm always down for extra movement stuff and and making the game feel very fun and smooth in that way. So that'd be really cool. Um, seeing the screw attack would be good and yeah like good but that's that's been the way that it is now yes i was gonna say it has been in the games before but you know an improved version would be nice yeah the way it is now i feel like it is just not good at all Mm -hmm. um spire fan is back do you want to see metroid games with more cosmetic support think fusion suit in prime but now you can just scan amiibo and uh he uses yoshi as an example and samus's (laughs) various suit changes colors accordingly so green and orange surprised he didn't say kirby I was like, I was waiting oh. for the, where's the Kirby amiibo? You can get a pink and red suit or something, kind of like the Samus uh, Melee alt color. Um, can you imagine? Ugh. You know, I'm I'm not against this. For me, it's kind of like, do you have, are you, I don't know. Like, on one hand, I kind of like staying consistent within the terms of, like, the story and, like, I don't know. Do I want to see, like, Samus showing up with all these crazy colors and effects and whatnot? But, like, I don't think it necessarily... Like, if you don't want to do it, then you don't have to. Like, it's an option for people who do want to have that kind of customization. I like that kind of customization overall. Uh, it's not even just in multiplayer games, but in single player as well. But, uh, I don't know. It's like, I'm thinking, like, what I want to play a Halo... Like, what I want to replay the Halo 3 campaign, but Master Chief is, like, purple. Like, I, I don't know if I really would. I like him looking how he's supposed to look, but... And I kind of feel the same way about Samus, but I'm not against it. I always am down for more customization and ways for players to express themselves, both internally in terms of how they play the game, but also externally in terms of how their character looks and how they look within the game. So I would, I'm would, i for this. I think it'd be cool. I don't know if I would always use it, but I'm sure eventually I'd be like, all right, I've beaten the game a couple times. Now I want Samus with cat ears to yeah, <laughs> play in exactly. Prime 4. You know, like that, that I'm totally for. Uh, so yeah, I, I would I would definitely like to see this. And yeah, the stuff like getting cool different like amiibos to change the suit you have, or let me get the watermelon suit from Dread, or you know let me mix and match maybe some different parts so I can get like I don't know make my my own suit or something or my own uh, shader or colors and whatnot. Like that'd be really cool. So you know changing Samus's lights or her visor that would be sick. So yeah, I'm definitely down for this. A hundred percent, like a hundred percent. And if you don't want to do it, yeah, you don't have have to do it. it. But I feel like if you include it, even if you limited it just to, just to the Metroid Amiibo, like I'm looking at my Metroid Amiibo right now. Let's say you scanned Dark Samus and you got like the Phazon suit or you scanned Zero Suit Samus and you got like a a light blue suit with like a yellow helmet or something like that. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, go down the list, et cetera, et cetera. I think that that would be awesome. And like, you know, if you, if you scanned like, the Super Mario Amiibo, and all of a sudden Samus has, like, red shoulder pads and a blue suit and a red helmet. Like, I I don't know. I think that would be great. The and obviously, it's not quote-unquote canon, and, like, you... It's no. just meant to be a silly little add-on, so I, I feel like, what's the harm? I, yeah, yeah, I think that'd be awesome. I'm 100% down with that. 
Um, Minneapolis King has a couple questions here, a couple good ones. Uh, first off, do you want Prime 4 to follow the trend of open worlds in gaming we have seen, such as in Breath of the Wild and Halo Infinite, or would you rather they stick with the formula of previous Prime games with set maps and rooms? Um, you've played you've played Halo Infinite, and I haven't, so maybe you're maybe you should go first here and just kind of uh, give your opinion. <laughs> Here's this is hard to kind of base off Halo Infinite because I don't think the idea necessarily of like Halo going open world is bad. I just think it wasn't executed very well by 343 in Halo Infinite because they just like it feels very rushed and very repetitive and very empty and shallow. So I don't I don't think the the idea fundamentally is bad, but the execution wasn't great. Personally though, like I don't need everything to be open world for I kind of I like a, a focused like design and a focused kind of game that can you know allow you freedom but also point you in you know key points of action and compelling story and and scenes and whatnot and not necessarily just leave you with a big sandbox sandbox that kind of at times feels like it's more box than sand so I, I don't know I think if it's if it's executed well it could be good but at the end of the day I'm not necessarily thinking I'm not necessarily the mind that Metroid Prime needs that I think a really good Metroid Prime game can have those elements of exploration and freedom without being like truly open world because I don't I don't need to play a Metroid Prime game where I'm like all right I gotta go and do this little subquest and this little subquest and, and that and that but then again some elements of Metroid Prime are already kind of like that I'm not for or against it I really do think it comes down to execution because like you know uh, Minneapolis King brings up Breath of the Wild as well which I think is an open world game that's executed for the most part a lot better and I really enjoy that game so uh I don't know. Maybe Zelda's formula is, is better suited for that. At times, though, it, it certainly also kind of feels empty and shallow. But who's to say that that couldn't work for Metroid Prime? I'm, I'm not entirely against it, but I'm at this point, I feel like I'd rather just a more focused experience that isn't necessarily like go here and do this thing, go here and do that thing. And, and in a kind of like just, I don't know, repetitive nature maybe maybe to ubisoftness you know that's kind of how i feel about these games again i feel like it entirely comes on execution i'm not entirely against it but i don't know if metroid prime needs it so here's my thought when i read this question is like what what defines an open world game in metroid prime 4 is it not having to go through doors and and connect to separate rooms because like i feel like that's a very superfluous definition of open world um, yeah because in some ways in many ways like you kind of have an open world game in metric prime as it is because you can go a lot i mean you can go to a lot of places now you can't necessarily progress in a lot of places but i mean in breath of the wild you can't necessarily progress in a lot of places without certain abilities either so like mm-hmm. i i feel like in that sense um it might just be going open world for the sake of going open world so like i I wouldn't want to see just like a a one big map that kind of you know you have your starting area and then it turns into snowy and then maybe the other side is the desert and there's your fire area like i i feel like that's just kind of like basically what you'd have for metroid already just without the connecting doors and if all we're getting rid of is the connecting doors and like i don't care i'd rather just have like that tight level design world as a puzzle is a puzzle kind of aesthetic Where, like, in, in Metroid Prime games, you already have items hidden in this world anyways. Um, which is kind of akin to how, let's say, Koroks are hidden in Breath of the Wild. But, I mean, I'm sure that there are ways that you can 
do this and it, it would be awesome. And like, I think that the goal should probably be to create a world in Metroid Prime 4, which is, you know, feels like a seamless world. And I think that you can do that if you're going quote unquote open world or if you're going a traditional Metroid Prime style anyways. So I think it depends like what your context of being an open world game is. Yeah. If it's like following markers on a map, then no, I don't want to do that. Yeah. But like if it's, you know. Yeah. I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of with you there. Like the line of like what is open world and what isn't kind of gets blurred at times. But I, I think kind of how the Metroid prime formula works already does have elements of like open worldness, but yeah, like you certainly have areas you can't get to and things feel a bit more connected and, and focused. And I like, I like that. And you know, again, like, I like. I'm hoping like Metroid Prime Four allows us maybe to travel to different planets again, maybe having different destinations to go to. But even then, those aren't necessarily like super. I don't know. It's hard to define like what exactly like an open world game is these days. And I, I, I'm kind of. I hope it has more focus than maybe some of the other open world games, quote unquote, that we've seen lately. Uh, again, I'm not. I don't want to be playing a Metroid Prime game where it's like, all right, you have a bunch of these kind of repetitive quests going around, and it's one big map and you just kind of free roam it. I, I kind of want something maybe closer to the original Prime games but still having elements of that. I'm not against the big map as long as it does have those tight levels and, and areas you can explore and it really feeds into, you know, a, a solid experience that's kind of curated for you to have the best gameplay moments and not necessarily just kind of, you know, free roam it the whole time and kind of free ball it and whatever. So, I don't know. I, it's hard to put into words how I feel because I'm I certainly am not... <laughs> have the right, I certainly don't have the right words or expertise to kind of formulate what I'm trying to say, but I, I, part of me is afraid that like, you know, it kind of loses that like nature of, of Metroidness by just being able to like, all right, you're Samus, you can go and do whatever you want. Like stuff like open worlds were like, okay, maybe it's a day night system or something like that. It's kind of cool. But I don't even think those are like an open world. That's just a video game thing. No, but know, that's like, something that's that's very common for those kinds of games and something that's sure. kind of related. I, to I wouldn't. I mean, it all depends on what your definition is and, and what yeah. the context is. I would and say so, I don't really have a good answer for that. I'm. I I wouldn't be against having elements of that though, and maybe if there are a solid advancement on the original Metroid Prime formula, then why not? But. Uh, I don't. I just don't want it to be kind of like empty and shallow. You know, like I want a nice, vibrant, like. De like dense world where there's you know i don't have to like <laughs> walk ten thousand feet to get from one thing to another without anything happening <laughs> i guess uh let's keep going here another one from minneapolis king if metroid fusion gets a remaster or remake what are the chances that they have an option to play the original gba pixel art form similar to how this worked in dragon quest 11 uh i i think that those options i think the chance of that is probably pretty low and if I'm being honest, I don't think that I would want that. Like, maybe I shouldn't say that. If they did it, that's fine, but I certainly wouldn't use it. I've played Dragon Quest XI, and I didn't. I never used the pixel option to play that game. Um, just because, why would you? Like, if, if I can play Metroid Dread the way that it is right now, or if I can play, like, a pixely version of it, I'll probably just play Metroid Dread the way it is now. Now, if those, you know, if the pixel looks great, then whatever, but... I don't know. I guess I like I already have Metroid Fusion and the whole the whole point of reimagining Metroid Fusion is to, you know, give it some modern day quality of life improvements. And maybe the most obvious of those is updating the graphics. So I don't think that there would be a reason to go back and and play it in uh, 
in Game Boy Advance pixel form. But uh, I mean, hey, uh, if if people wanted that, maybe. But I don't think that that it would happen either way. I just I don't think it would happen. I don't think it would happen. But I think it'd be cool to kind of have like a graphic switch. Like, and you could just toggle it back and forth. I don't know. That, that might be interesting. Well, it, let me tell you another reason why I think it wouldn't happen is because I'm sure that when Metroid Fusion gets remixed and remastered, uh, there are going to be a ton of new areas and stuff, too, that aren't going to have existing rooms in Fusion that you can just quickly switch to Pixel. So they would have to build, basically, these rooms in HD and also in Pixel form as well. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that that's an extra reason why it wouldn't happen. Yeah, but I mean, would it be like that much of an undertaking to create then a couple extra rooms in in like pixel form? I don't know. Maybe maybe not. Who knows? Who knows? Oh. I I wouldn't be against it, but I also feel like if they're gonna remake Fusion, and or remaster it, they'd probably include like the original or something. You know, you could just play it that way, maybe separately. I don't know. Ooh, I I don't think so either. But no, let's move on. Kiwi Talks has uh, has a quick one here for us. Would you like to see the Luminoth or Aether appear in another game? Hmm. Well, my answer is no. Okay. That story is told. I don't need to go back. Yeah. Uh, I am totally for expanding on parts of the Metroid lore that we kind of haven't learned too much about. There's a lot more, like... There's a lot more meat on the bone. So, like, you know, going back to Metroid Prime Hunters, there are a ton of species that... Are represented in that game that like could easily be brought back and expanded upon whereas like the luminoth i think were pretty solidly expanded upon in metroid prime 2 like i wouldn't be against seeing them again though i i i don't think it's necessary i'd rather see like the, the kraken come back or you know whatever the noxus is the the vote you know the boson whatever like whatever his race you know species is like like stuff like that would that could still have, like has a lot of potential to be expanded upon more, but I'm not against the Luminoth coming back. I think that might be interesting. You know, I don't think the Chos are the only species that have to, you know, be the only ones that come back time and time again or be represented multiple times. It might be cool to see those other species show up again. So I'm not necessarily against it. I could, I could accept a cameo role or something like that, but I just, I'd rather new than see. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather new as well or expanding on a, a species that hasn't really gotten enough time in the spotlight. Uh, Jet has a, a cool question. Have you ever played any Metroid ROM hacks? And if so, which ones would you recommend, if any? Can My we answer legally answer you... this? No, well, I'm just I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, Nintendo just took down like a ton of uh, Guild of Center's YouTube music today, so maybe oh, we no. should be careful. But uh, my answer to you, if AM2R counts and Prime 2D counts, I don't know if they do or not. I don't those think are they fan count. Games, yeah. But, so I, I've played those. But my answer to you, my friend, would be not yet. But I I have something brewing that I will be playing almost every single one soon. So there we go. I'll admit I really never got into ROM hacks for Metroid or Pokemon or really any Nintendo game or any game really at all. I don't know why. I just never really got into playing ROM hacks. I know there are a bunch of like cool Pokemon ROM hacks I never really got to check out. Uh I'm sure there are many cool ones for for Metroid. I, I mean, I know of a couple of them, like I think like what Hyper Metroid's one of them. Uh, there's uh, Super Duper Metroid. There's yeah. Hyper Metroid. There's yes. Metroid Rogue Dawn. Yeah, Rogue Dawn. That awesome. was the other one I was thinking of. So like, I'm I'm somewhat familiar with them, but they're not really games that have like sat down to really play. But I think that also comes with the fact that like my favorite Metroid games, aside from Fusion, are the the 3D FPS ones. So like, I've never like if there were, you know 
more mods of those games, I'd probably play those more-ish. Whereas if I was going to play another 2D Metroid, I'd just go and play Fusion again, or I guess Dread now, uh, or Super. But uh, that also comes down to laziness and like other options. I've just spent time playing other games too, and I'm just a lazy dude. So uh, maybe I should go out and, you know, if anything, I would love if someone could recommend us ROM hacks that we should check out. Because... I feel like we've answered this question before, or it's been talked about, and we've both been like, uh, no, we don't know, we haven't played them. And I, uh, I've i never really been told, like, what's the ROM hack I should check out? Like, if I have you to play what, give, any give ROM me, hack, what is it? Give me a few months, and I will tell you. Because I, I, I plan to play them. Oh, are you are you spoiling something or teasing something, man? Because you're it's maybe, really maybe subtle. Maybe a tease. Not, not a spoiler, but I, I, do have a, I do have a tease. But yeah. I'm not going to talk about it. Well, now. if anyone's listening to this, please recommend me a ROM hack. But also tell me... Uh, well, don't, don't tell me, but also tell me where I could play them. Cause I don't know anything about that stuff. I I'm sure I could go and figure it out, but I'm again, lazy. So if you have a recommendation, right. please, please let me know. Cause I, I'm down to check out anything if it's a fun experience. Um, all right. Focused Wombat has a cool one here. Uh, that's topical. If Microsoft purchased Nintendo, how do you think they would change the future of the Metroid franchise? I so this no is a loaded <laughs> question that I think has a couple different layers. Um, I, I think that if Microsoft, and this is just my gut, uh, maybe I'm totally, totally wrong. I think that if Microsoft purchased Nintendo um, for Metroid specifically, that would pretty much be the end of 2D Metroid. I, I do think that. I think that they would just make Metroid Prime games. And I think that those games would be more leaning towards a direction of a traditional first-person shooter. That being said, um, because I don't know, that might have sounded like a negative because I think that that would be a negative. But I think that if Microsoft was in charge of Metroid, and let's let's say hypothetically that uh, Microsoft had purchased Nintendo 20 years ago, I think that Metroid would be a much bigger series than it is now because this is the type of series that like a Western audience typically is more into um and microsoft being a western company i think could have seen the value in that whereas nintendo has kind of been a little bit stop start stop start because this isn't the franchise that you know the, the eastern audience has has typically gravitated toward or the style of game or genre that the eastern audience has gravitated towards so i do think that you would have seen metro become a a bigger franchise, but I I do wonder if it would have lost some of what makes it so special in that transition. I, I think that it really would have been like you would have got a game like Metroid Prime Hunters, and that would have been your kind of standard Metroid game going forward. That's my opinion. I I don't think you're that far off. I certainly wouldn't be mad about it. Uh, I think it would kind of it would certainly change how Metroid is made. I think we probably would have gotten more Metroid games over time. It absolutely would have been promoted way better, like, without a doubt. It would definitely be, like, a much more mainstream franchise, I agree. And, yeah, I think we would have gotten a lot more games over the past decade and a half. Um, I don't necessarily agree that it would become more of a classic first-person shooter. I think it, they could probably still retain the the fundamental aspects of a more exploratory and casual FPS that Metroid Prime is. And not necessarily just make it like a Halo or Doom clone, which I think people might be afraid of. Uh, I, but I do ag agree. I think it would definitely be better promoted and more so made out to be a big deal and probably a bigger part of their smorgasbord of, of games that they advertise and promote. So 
I don't know. I I I don't necessarily agree that they would get rid of the two D Metroids either, but I can't think of many like. Actually, no, because yeah, I don't think they would do that. Because when when Microsoft really cut more hands on with like other franchises, I feel like they kind of open things up to different kinds of styles for the franchises that they own. So like, well, they did, and, and Ori is a is a good example against you know my theory that they might have stopped two D Metroid. Yeah, but I don't think they would get rid of two D Metroids. Like I think well, that's part favorite. of Metroid's kind of formula and characters having those two different styles. I don't think they would just get rid of one of them. I I think that they might have but to preface my my thinking here I'm, I'm kind of also thinking i mentioned like imagine if this had taken place 20 years ago i think that if this had taken place 20 years ago 2d metroid would have for sure been like kaput um if it happened today maybe not um but it i happened I today still definitely see that not. happening i don't think so because like you I mean there i mean you have like minecraft for example which like has different kinds of games now in different genres you have like Halo, which has the original series, and you have like Halo Wars, which is like an RTS. Like I, I don't think I think I, I think they would have maintained that aspect of Metroid. You have two different kinds, and I also think they would have been very much aware of like the negative PR they would have gotten if they just stopped making the classic style of Metroid. So, I, I maybe you're right. Maybe it would have been less emphasized had they had acquired Nintendo in 2001 or 2002, or whatever. But nowadays. I definitely think they would maintain both. I, I don't I don't think they would get rid of 2D Metroid because in 2022, you pick up, you know, Metroid. I think it's right now so ingrained in its DNA being two different kinds of games. I just can't see them, like, especially now that, like you said, you have a lot of indie darlings and, and popular 2D games that still exist. And I don't see why that they can't continue to produce both. I, I think that they would emphasize the Prime series more. And I think the Prime series would become kind of the the larger of the two styles and the more important in their eyes of the two styles that I agree with, but I don't think we would see the end of 2d Metroid outright. Um, okay. Let's, uh, let's keep it moving here. Um, let's go to, uh, to our buddy, the accursed hunter, big Griff. Uh, Griff has a ton of questions. So we're, we're only going to answer let's get a, couple uh, a few of, these. of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and let's start off with, uh, with this one. I think that this is a, a cool question. Do you think Samus will have her Prime 3 ship in Prime 4? She mm. Should she switch to her classic gunship by the time that Metroid Samus Returns happens? Uh, so I'm just going to ignore that second part of the question. So which which ship do I want her to have in Prime 4? I think that that depends on where Prime 4 takes place in the timeline. Because I know, I know that a lot of people are like very much convinced that it's happening directly after Metroid Prime 3. And I think that that probably is the case but i also wouldn't say that it's impossible that it takes place somewhere else in the timeline um so i think that uh i don't know part of me part of me feels like she'll just have a new ship you know i i just like i can't see them making metroid prime 4 and like just reusing the same ship from 15 years earlier i think i think she'll have something new something bombastic um kind of kind of similar to how like you got the new ship in Prime 3 and, and whatnot, so I don't know if there will be a storyline reason for this or not, but I, I do think that she'll have a new ride to uh, to get us going in Metroid Prime 4. Hmm. Well, th that's the, yeah, that's the whole thing is, like, where does the story take place? I'm still of the mind that Metroid Prime 4 is going to take place after Prime 3 and before Samus Returns. I wouldn't be surprised if Prime 4, 5, and 6 take place in that time. I really cannot see them 
having the Prime series take place like after Dread. I just wouldn't make any sense to me because like what Silek's been doing this whole time. Uh, but then again, a lot of other continuity. I mean, some issues. of these games though happen within the the con like they happen I within guess. a day. Like it's that's not fair. like it's a long time. Still though, like he, I feel like he should be up to something. But that's fair. Um, I still think it's going to take place after Metro Prime Three. I honestly would like to see the Corruption gunship return. I that's one of my favorite uh, designs. Like the fusion ship at the end of Fusion is really cool. Obviously, you kind of see that in Dread as well. But like uh, the corruption, it, it's so nostalgic for me. The original design from Prime One is really good and also very nostalgic for me. But I love the corruption uh, version of the ship. It just looks so cool and different. Uh, I'm sure there might be a situation where maybe she starts with that ship and it gets destroyed or something, uh, and she gets another one or whatever, which has happened before. But I, I would say. I want them to do more like ship integration, kind of like how they did with Prime 3, where you had a little more functionality in, in using the ship when you're not in it or when you're in it. And I hope they continue that with Prime 4. So I, I think it would be cool to kind of bring that ship back and and have it like showing up again and, and just like looking absolutely fantastic. And, and maybe in like 5 and 6, she gets a different ship. But I wouldn't be against having Prime 4 have her bring that ship back. I wouldn't, to be honest, I feel like we're going to get the classic gunship. But I really like the Corruption Gunship. It's I'm very nostalgic for it. It reminds me of you know when the build up to, to Corruption and that the original original reveal of Metroid Prime Thor, Metroid Prime Three at, at E3 where you have that like scene and the ship comes up behind Samus. Like oh that was so cool. I really love that and I think it's an overall really awesome design that has some more utility and it looks. Like, like more of an actual ship than Samus's other mm -hmm. ships, which are very kind of stuck in it, it like a dated like a form. It looks, it looks like, like a gunship. It looks like something that would, you would see in the sky shooting. Exactly. Something. So looks I, sleek. I, yes, it looks sleek. It looks badass. It looks aggressive. It looks like dangerous. It looks like you can get the job done and you can get the job done with it. So I ultimately, uh, I'm a big fan of that ship design. I would be really happy to see it back. Um, so Griff has one more. We're not going to get to all yours, Griff. I'm Just sorry, but, uh, there is, there is a ton of ship questions. This dude was, was uh, very concerned the about here. the ship. <laughs> yes. Um, so Griff, I love this question though. I got to ask this many first person shooters back in the day had big head mode. <laughs> Would you like to see a big, big shoulder, shoulder pads mode instead? Samus's massive shoulders are so iconic. So I want to see someone push the limits, dude. Let me, I've got the game for you, buddy. Have you ever heard of Metroid Prime Federation Force? <laughs> the whole game is big head mode. So you're you're going to love that one. Uh you know what? No. I if <laughs> if if Prime 4 has multiplayer, I would be open to seeing that come back as just kind of a chuckle, but uh I don't know. I mean big head mode. Eh. I'm I'm <laughs> down for it. I think that kind of stuff is mad funny and I'm I I'm with that. I give me give me big shoulder pad mode, give me big head mode. Give me mode. give me chibi oh. mode. Give me Federation Force mode. Is like I said, I, I, and this is really goes for most things. If I want something added in the game, or you ask me, do you want this in the game? So yes, if it's an option, if I can play the game normally, and then I can go and be you know nutty with big shoulder mode or big arm cannon mode or chibi mode or anime mode, like that's totally fine as long as it's an option. It's a toggle. It's a switch. In that case, like, yeah, I'm, I'm almost always going to say yes to that because what's the downside if I don't want to do it? Like we were saying earlier with the customization, if you don't like it, you don't have to use it, you can turn it off. So in like a multiplayer setting, I think that stuff's really funny and cool. But also I really love that kind of stuff in like a campaign 
single player mode setting just because it looks so silly and like it, you know you get like cutscenes and just your character looks absolutely ridiculous like that just makes me laugh and i, I you know as long as i can yep. play the game normally otherwise like that's i'm with it and i think that would be a fun spin on it as much as i would also like big head mode i think having a more metroid spin on it with big shoulder pad mode would be really funny so yeah i say yes to that uh yeah i mean i i say why not right like throw paintball mode in there throw uh throw throw all the like the classic platoon mode in there why not yeah why not um we had a question and uh i forget who asked it but uh i thought it was a cool question uh what is your favorite metroid logo hmm my favorite metroid logo yeah so i actually uh i've always been fairly partial to the metroid fusion logo i think that looks cool um the the blue i think looks really nice you still have the classic like screw attack logo in the background but the colors are Mm -hmm. are different to kind of fit the uh the theme um so i i think that that one is uh is really slick uh it's super metroid obviously um just the the classic logo that's kind of like your that's kind of like your generic like standard uh you know zelda sword shield logo or whatever like that's kind of where where it all originated from um i don't know i think that uh i think that echoes has a pretty cool logo uh-huh. I was did gonna, i steal yours yeah i was gonna uh, okay, so I, no I'll no i mean go. i mean there's only so many ones you can <laughs> you yeah. can pick from um yeah i was gonna i mean metroid fusion of course I love how it's not just the standard font and it has a little more of like a waviness to it. It looks a little more devilishly, you know, uh, you know, looking. I love how it has that spin on, you know, the classic kind of lightning bolt screw attack uh, and the colors. Yeah, Metroid Fusions. But I think my favorite is Metroid Prime 2 Echoes. It looks so cool. I love the just the straight up like ball in the back without the lightning. You have like the, the glowing like gray silverish kind of aura to it. And even like the letters look dope, which is that like, like flat steel, like it's just so cold mm. and dark, like it fits the game so well. Uh, I, I, I mean, the original Metroid Prime logo is probably like tied with me too. Oh it's yeah, just, also just a classic. It's just a yeah. classic. I would have to go with those two. Those, I mean, those three, but like those are all my favorites, also from my favorite games. But I, I think I, I'm partial to the logos with the screw attack in the background in some yes, fashion. Like I'm looking at Dread and Samus Returns, and they don't have those the same fine. like the feel. Font is yes. fine. Yeah, it's just, I, I love I love that the screw attack logo in the back. I think really makes it yeah. for me. Uh, the weird let me, one. Let me throw this out there, Dak. Okay. I I actually don't mind the logo for Federation Force because huh. it, it's not the screw attack in the back, but it's like the insignia for the Federation instead. Like the the actual Federation mm. Force font looks a little bit goofy. Like I I feel like if it was in a straight line instead of like kind of curved, it might look cooler. But I actually I don't mind this logo. I'm not a big fan of it. It does feel very like it kind of gives me um like Buzz Lightyear Star Command vibes. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it just feels very Disney-ish to me. I don't know. It does something about uh, it. Which, by the way, I love that show. Don't get me wrong. That would be that would be awesome. But I, I don't know. That doesn't really. It's too. It's too much going on. Uh, you know what? Hold I'm on. Big fan. Metroid, pl- Met- Metroid Let me Prime. Metroid Prime. Speak in English here. Metroid Prime. Blast Ball. That's actually a sick logo. Metroid Prime. Go, go and Google this Blast, logo. It's it's Blast, awesome. Metroid Prime. It's got Blast like a soccer ball. ball. It's got green and steel coloring, and uh, it, oh, it yeah. looks really cool. It doesn't. It doesn't look bad. And honestly, I, I even say the. Uh, well, there's a couple different logos I think for Metroid Prime Three, 
There's one where it's just the the silver uh, kind of text over like a horizon in like yeah. a, you know that one I like a lot. But then there's also another version where it's like over a pla- over like phase and it's like the the Metroid text is in like red, blue, white, and then Prime Three is in like orange and then corruption. Like I don't know what they were doing with that that one logo. Uh, the other logo I like. I, I that's got to be a fan made logo, isn't it? May- this, this can't be real. I don't know. Um, I I feel like I feel like I haven't seen it before, so maybe it is fan made. I like the the regular Metroid Prime Three logo, and honestly, I think even the Metroid Other M logo is not bad. Like it's if if that was for a good game, I don't th- I don't think it would. It's I kind of like the hor- again the Horizon thing going on. I think is really cool. I just wish the game had a better title and a better uh, game. <laughs> I don't. I, I think it's, it's a little. Right. It's a little bit too plain, James. It for is me. a bit plain. I will say that. Like stacked up against Metroid Fusion or Prime or Prime Two, it it doesn't at all stack up. Yeah. Um. Okay. We've. Uh, let's do. Let's do two more here. Papa Rick asks, "What if you could grab items with the grapple beam?" Yes. Yeah. Yes. I let- feel like. I mean, yes. you can do that in Smash already, can't you? Can you? Can you? Uh, maybe I'm... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you can grab the edge in Smash with your grapple yes, beam. Yes, yes, you can do that. It doesn't seem like that big of a stretch to be able to grab, like... I don't think uh, you can grab items Max in Heart Smash. Max Heart or Max Tomato or something like I'd, that. Yeah, this should totally be a thing in Metroid. I'm, sure. I'm probably exposing myself for my Smash knowledge, but the best of my knowledge, I don't think you can do that. I know you can grab, obviously, other people in the ledge. I don't think you can grab items. That would be really broken. In the context of Smash, so and I don't think I've ever. I, I guess you're right, actually. And I don't, yeah, and, and like of all the time I've spent playing Smash, I don't think I've ever seen that happen once. So I'm gonna say you can't do that in Smash. Uh, but yes, I we were talking about this recently too. I think on either Twitter or Discord. Like I want the grapple beam and grapple hook to be a much more significant part of the prime gameplay loop like let me like i don't limit me to grapple hooks like let me grapple onto any surface let me grapple items to me let me grapple myself to things let me grapple in enemies and let me just get absolutely wild with it that kind of stuff is a hundred percent what i want to see in metroid prime 4 and you know being able to like quickly grapple something to me and and load it up and, and let it loose or, you know, grapple myself to any surface. Like, that kind of stuff really opens up the game, makes it feel, you know, uh, or gives it more potential to uh, allow players to express their own individual freedom in terms of how they approach a game. You know, and as someone who played uh, Pathfinder and Apex Legends, who enjoyed that part of Halo Infinite's campaign and certainly in the multiplayer, I love grapple hooks. (laughs) So, yes, give me more grapple hook usage. Absolutely. I feel like that's not a hard ask either. Like Metroid Prime Three had a ton of interactive uh, exactly. grapple points on enemies and in the environment. And Metroid stuff like Prime that, Three so. is so good. Uh, I gotta go back and replay that. I I love all this the the different things that they tried in that game, and I think I it was held back by the motion control. It was it wasn't it wasn't held back, but I wish some of that stuff was just like regularly delivered, like with dual analog. But like, ugh. There's so many cool ideas in Metroid Prime 3 I hope they expand on. The grapple hook is certainly one of them. Like, I, I still remember the first time that I, like, pulled uh, a Space Pirate shield off of one of them, right? I was like, oh, yeah! Like, that was sick, you know? Like, 15-year-old me was, was so hyped about that. I think I was 15. Uh, but, but, but maybe I was a bit younger, older. I don't know. But I thought that was awesome. I loved that. And that was like, that was like okay, I'm, I'm getting this Wii thing. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing the appeal. You know, as much as I didn't like holding my arm up and pointing at the screen for hours at a time, 
And so, you know, aside from that, I, I, there's so many cool things they can build on from Prime Three that that is I mean, even Metroid so Dread. Like you can, you can grapple shields, you can grapple stuff, you in, can in grapple a shields, you, you can grapple to a wall real quick and zip up. Yeah, yeah. like th- that kind of stuff. A hundred percent. Give me more of that. Um, all right, last one here, then we're gonna dip. Uh, this is from our buddy Russ from the Tomes of Evil podcast. What kind mm. of mechanics would you uh, would you implore? into the next Metroid, if Samus's Metroid Drain ability returns. I could see it working in one of two ways. A Dark Souls-style system where the Drain foes give you drops, whether that be some sort of currency or health and ammo, <laughs> or a situation, of course, of course our boy throws in Kirby, or a situation like Kirby where Samus briefly obtains the abilities of her prey. What do you guys think? So that sounds actually pretty cool, and to be honest with you, I could see it working both ways. Mm-hmm. Um... I could see that, you know, assuming that this returns, I think that for your common enemy, like, I, I don't even think you would necessarily drain your common enemy, but let's say that if you did, then you'd just get, like, your standard ammo or health or whatever, but a more important enemy, like, let's say in uh, Metroid Prime, when you're fighting the, um, not the Omega Pirate, but the other big pirates that you fight periodically through the game, uh, let's say that you fight those guys, and that... Uh, you know, you, you can go up to them and counter them and maybe you can suck some of their abilities away and it stays with you for a few moments. And it's almost like um, it, you could almost use it in the sense of like a way to finish off that enemy. Like you can battle and battle them until they are finally vulnerable. Then you can suck up their powers, use it against them quickly, and that's how you vanquish the foe. I could definitely see that. I could see that returning in the sense of like you fight a boss and like, Instead of, you know, as we were talking about at the top of the show, getting powers and abilities from Chozo statues, maybe they go back and take a page out of Metroid Prime 2's book where, like, you're fighting, I don't know, the Spider Guardian or something like that, and you just suck his life out, and then you get the the Spider Ball, or you get the Super Missiles, or whatever, right? Like, um, I could see that totally being uh, a thing that they do in Metroid 6. So, yeah, I think that both of those actually, like, have a fairly decent chance of happening in the next game yeah yeah, good good idea i'm thinking yeah that would be for like the next 2d metroid i mean i could even see it being incorporated into like metroid prime 4 but again i don't think that's happening before dread or after dread i think it's happening before that so i don't think that would make sense story-wise but like i really like the kirby idea like i'm fighting this enemy i'm going to use their abilities real quick but i don't even think it would be limited to okay i do a finisher on them i get their abilities and that's how i beat them real quick as much as that would also be a great way to integrate it. I think it'd be interesting to integrate it into like puzzles, right? Like I got to beat this enemy, take their ability, use it to open up this thing before time runs out and I lose the ability. Yeah, that'd be great. Stuff like that would be really interesting because then you got to be, you know, not only smart combat wise, but you got to take advantage of stuff in a limited amount of time, gives you a little urgency and you, you know, kind of have to traverse a level, not just based on, all right, I'm going to do this little puzzle, but also I got to beat certain enemies, maybe in a certain order in a certain way or whatever it is and, and, and kind of working it that way. That would be really cool. I mean, you could even go back to what we were just talking about. What if I grapple something and I'm able to steal its ability long range or something like that? I don't even have to get close to it. I can just, you know, long, you know, just whip at it from 50 feet away and steal its abilities. Like Kirby has some good ideas, man. I don't think I'm not I'm not against that kind of stuff. I think that would that would work really well. I think for 2D Metroid, probably the follow up to Metroid Six. That'd be cool. I, I think that'd be a nice uh, if they gave it a Metroid twist, a cool feature for the the next game. I think it would be too, and and I would also like to 
get some more like metroid powers going on in the next game where like you know i don't know maybe you can use some of the attacks that the metroids use in in samus returns or do like i i want them to go crazy with it because i i do think that this is coming back and i'm going to be upset if it doesn't so um yeah you know what I'll give it to you, Russ. Uh, you thought I was mad at you last week for bringing up Kirby, and uh, I, I, I was, I was raging mad at you. But you've redeemed yourself with this Kirby idea this week. So maybe you uh, can turn into like a ball, like in Kirby Canvas Curse. Like maybe in Metroid, I can already you could... turn into a ball in a Metroid game. <laughs> I know that's <laughs> that's the joke. Yes, uh, but yeah, I'm down. All right. Uh, well, uh, that is our our part two of metroid q a thank you guys so much for all the questions we didn't get to all of them we wish we could or else we'd be here for absolutely forever but uh man we'll do this again soon uh very soon but we got a cool couple shows coming up uh, in the next few weeks here we got uh, a new mapping metroid coming your way very 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 soon and as well as our super show on the 13th where uh, we're going to be doing some metroid and zelda trivia so that is uh, that's going to be going down we'll get you the exact time for that next week but uh, definitely make sure that you're tuning in for that until then everybody we are going to get out of here of course we want to uh, encourage you guys to check us out over on twitter at omega metroid pod at spateri 316 and at dac city underscore and uh, throw us a follow over on podbean itunes spotify wherever you get your podcasts and while you're there by God, recommend us to that Metroid fan in your life. Tell them where they can get their weekly Metroid fix. That's it. That's all. We are out of here. And we will see everybody next week. Take care. Have a great week. And uh, we'll talk soon.